Before we get rolling into today's podcast, I want to tell you about our awesome sponsors that uh, keep this thing free for you guys. So first we have DuckSeason.com. That's D-U-K-S-Z-N.com. Go on there. Check it out. Uh, You can get signed up for uh, Traded Hunts where you put in your location, the kind of birds you're after, you know, the type of things that you do. And uh, you can search around on there, see other people, their areas, what they go after, and you can talk with each other and get linked up and trade hunts with each other. So rather than hiring an outfitter or a guide, if you're on a budget or kind of want to do a little bit of a DIY thing, you can get linked up with some people, go hunt their area, they come out and hunt in your area. It's a really cool thing. Also on there, there's some forums, you know, duck hunting, waterfowl hunting in general, different tips and advice, things like that. And they also have a lot of merchandise, really cool stuff. And in their merchandise, they have the Salty Fowl line of clothing, where 100% of the profits from that go to uh, Eider Research out there on the coast. So really cool cause. Go check it out. Go buy some stuff. Get on some trade of hunts. You definitely won't regret it. Next, we have Steady Wing Outfitters. That's Mikey Soberano. He's up there in northeast Kansas, and he uh, specializes in waterfowl, turkey, and deer. You can check him out on Instagram at Steady Wing Outfitters. Uh, and if you want to book a hunt, you can give him a call. His number is 785-410-2304. Next, we have 701 Pursuit. They're over there in North Dakota. They're making a bunch of awesome hunting and fishing content. It's on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of the places. Go check them out for some high-quality stuff. They also have a website with some merchandise and other things on it. Uh, the website is 701pursuit.com. That's the numbers, 701pursuit.com. So check them out, all the places that you have social media. They're on there somewhere. Next, we have Bulldog Baits. It's over there in western Oklahoma. Uh, they're making crankbaits, jigs, soft plastic, spoons, jig heads, sinkers, anything you need for fishing. They've got it. So you can check them out on uh, Instagram. It's bulldog underscore baits. And if you want to go on their website to order some stuff, it's bulldog-baits.square.site. So if you're needing anything, definitely, definitely go check them out. Also, on the same note, we have Stump Thumper Baits. Their website is stumpthumperbaits.com. They also have soft plastics, jigs, all that type of stuff. Want to check them out too on Instagram. Their handle is at stumpthumperbaits. They're also Facebook, anywhere else. Now we have Waylon Johnson and his guide service. He's over in the San Antonio area. Uh, He's hunting ducks, geese, anything waterfowl you guys want to get on over there down in Texas. You can give him a call at 361-494-7868. You can also find him on Facebook. Uh, His name is just Waylon Johnson. See what he's been up to. Check out the cool birds down there. All that good stuff. And lastly, we have my dog training business up here in Northeast Montana. Uh, I specialize in retrievers, but I train all sorts, basic obedience, force fetch, waterfowl upland, anything you're looking to get done with your dog, I can help you out with. Um, You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, all the normal places. It's H-I-L-I-N-E retrievers. And then if you're looking for some advice or looking to uh, get set up with some training, give me a call. My number is 406 seven eight three seven zero eight three thanks a lot thanks to our sponsors go check them all out and enjoy the show well, 
McCovey took wing Shotgun singing A pointing dog down in the old logging road And then he got three And looked back grinning I fumbled around and I tried to reload The country was cold Alright, welcome to the Woods and Water Podcast. This is Garrett. Today I've got Billy Blackley or Blakely on the line? Blake. Blakely. Billy. Okay, he's a guy down there at uh, Real Foot Lake with uh, Blue Bank Resort. So I guess you want to introduce yourself, tell us how you got started and stuff. How y'all doing? I'm Billy Blakely, head guy there at Blue Bank Resort on Real Foot Lake. We're located in the northwest corner of Tennessee. Cool. So what are you guys uh, guiding for out there in Real Foot? Well, right now we're mostly just pan fishing, mostly crappie right now. Crappie. Okay. What uh you said right now, what do you do when it's not just crappie? Well, here about May, we'll start bluegill fishing. Uh, you get occasional bass, every, a day for bass fishing every now and then, summertime. A lot of catfish. I mean, we catch a lot, lots and lots of catfish. That's cool. You guys out noodling or uh, lining them? Yeah, both. We'll, uh, we got customers that want to go fish with rod and reels. We got some that want to throw out the noodles and go. We got this uh, new noodle out. We've been using hit the hit the market this year called the cat trap. Pretty neat little old thing. Old boy, buddy of mine come up with it. Got a little reel on the end of a noodle, and that thing's pretty neat for catfishing. That's awesome, man. Well, I guess first question is, what's your favorite to go after? Panfish, bass, catfish. My favorite fish to go after is bluegill. Bluegill? All day, every day? All day, every day. I'd fish for them every day of the year if I could. Why don't you? Well, because uh, bluegill don't always pay the bills. Everybody wants the crappie fish, bass fish, and cat fish. So whatever they want to fish for is what we fish for. I got gotcha. you. So what is it about uh, bluegill that you like so much? Just watching that little cork go under I don't care if you're three years old or 80 years old. If that don't exist, something's wrong with you there. Yeah, there's something about it. Even at, well, like you said, three to 80. I mean, even at my age, you got a cork out there and it starts bobbing. It's just like something primal. Love to see yep. it. Man, I love it too. I, I mean, it, it's everybody does it. That's how 99% of you people start fishing, bluegill fishing, with a cork and a little Sevco 202 back in my days. That's exactly what I had. Zebco 202, right on the end of the dock, cork, half a night crawler, or however much was left in the uh, little container, and bluegill and perch all day. Every day. Yeah, I loved it. Still do. For different species that you're going after, what kind of uh, techniques are you guys using? Like, what's your uh, setups? Right now, crappie fishing, I'm right now, the way they're scattered, I'm mostly spider rigging right now. I've got nine poles across the front and four two on each side and the back and we're running 13 poles and just going down the rows of stumps on real foot it's just a flooded swamp forest and we're just easing down through there through the thick rows of stumps and just plucking them out one by one so do you got for uh lure on there oh right now i'm using a a Strat King two jig hot chartreuse color with a pink quarter ounce head. Okay, 
and just pretty much just trolling along and letting them bounce and snagging them. And I see it. That's cool. So then when you're switching up here and you're moving on to the next one, what I like as season rolls in because we're about, I guess, I don't know, you guys are probably already in the spring down there. We still got snow on the ground and 20 inches of ice, but when it starts warming up, how do you change Ooh. things up? Well, when these fish start moving into the shallow, like around the cypress trees and the grass, that's when we get them 12-foot, uh, I get my super-sensitive Sam Heaton made by B&M poles out and hit the grass and the tree, jigging for them, just a single jig, uh, a small one, uh, depends on the color of what the water is. A lot of time I use a black and pink when it gets real shallow, black chartreuse, black and red, just depends on what what color the water is. Okay. But we'll just jig fish, put out about two foot of line around them trees and just catch a lot of fish around them trees and the grass and uh, we'll just jig around them trees and move up in that grass spawning a lot of times you can see the back of their fins sticking out of the water they won't be in eight ten inches of water hmm pretty easy sight fishing then don't even have to worry about how murky the water is if you can see their back that's exactly right but it is a lot of fun yeah what kind of clients do you guys normally get is it older yeah, people we- or yeah, a lot of older people, uh, most of them are north of us that get from the south, but a lot of people from Indiana, Illinois, all up through there. What do you say is the best type of clients, older people or younger? Which one seems to get along the best? And it, they've all been good to me, young ones, old ones. Today I had a 12-year-old kid and his dad, his dad was about 45, and we didn't catch a whole lot of that because of the wind was up high, but. We had a good day, and they enjoyed it. Little boy got done fishing. Hugman, the best day of crappie fishing he's ever had. Caught his biggest crappie he's ever caught. Caught one about two four. Man, if that don't make your heart happy, I don't know what will. Oh, yeah. So, that's his biggest. Do you know what your uh, biggest crappie is? Biggest one I've ever caught, 3-3. Three, three. I've been close 3-1, three, 3-2, three, but 3-3 three, three is still the biggest. Do you pretty much just hang right around real foot, or do you get out very many other places, do some other fishing? Fish a lot of places. Uh, we done been to Sardis this year, Grenada. I mean, we go to wherever. We'll go to Kentucky Lake, Barkley Lake and fish. Uh, I like going other places to fish just because it's something different. What's your favorite place to go besides real foot? My favorite size besides real foot, probably Grenada. Are you originally from there? No, yes, I'm from Real Foot. Born and raised right there on the bank of the lake. <laughs> so you know know it fairly well then? Pretty good. Now you had, uh, last time we recorded this, you had to uh, go rescue a boat, so we had to postpone it. You said that it happens quite a bit. How often does that happen? Uh, usually about once or twice a month this time of the year. <laughs> you said they got... Get a lot of high and the people on them rental boats. Their Blue Bank, they got a package deal, four days and four nights for like $319 per person. That includes your room, boat, motor, bait, gas, and ice. So that gets everybody a boat. And a lot of them get out there in them John boats that ain't hardly ever run one. And they don't know they'll get in that high wind and pull up in the grass and then try to back out of it out there in two, two, three foot of waves. 
splashes over the back and fills a boat full of water. Son, what, I mean, how far are they sinking down? Are they totally sinking, or is it they, they just get waterlogged and you got to pump them out? Uh, both. I've had some, a bunch of them just fills up with water and stays afloat because they're up in the grass in the shallow water and can't go no further. And I have pulled them out of the middle where they had the boat plumb underwater and be up on the top of the back of the boat on the bottom of it. Sure hope they bought the insurance plan, too, when they do this fancy deal. They need to. <laughs> <laughs> Do the uh, do you guys usually got to go rescue the people too, or are they usually out of there by the time you get to the boat? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, you let to get the people out of them. I'm sure oh, the first yeah. couple were a little bit uh, nervous, but by now it's probably just a routine deal. Oh, it is. After many years, we've been doing it. It's just part of it. So uh, since you've been doing it so many years, what's some of uh, some of the coolest things you've seen while you've been out there, or oddest things? Man, to me, the coolest thing that happens on that lake is watching a little kid first time he goes fishing catch a cooler full of fish. Ain't nothing beat that. But I have seen, I've seen people hit them stumps out there that from out of town with big motors and break their motors in half. So you don't get on top of stumps and do circles till they drill a hole in the boat and everything else. <laughs> Make them learn real quick. Yeah, right when you think you've seen it all, you'll see something else. So, uh, are you just a fisherman, or do you get out and do any hunting at all? I, I, I hunt just about everything. Deer hunt, turkey hunt, duck hunt. Got every, got every day of duck season. Right out there on real foot? Yeah. What do you think of it? How much has it changed in the last couple of years? The duck hunting it has changed a lot. What are you seeing different? I mean, well, a lot of it is your weather. You don't get the weather like you used to get 15, 20 years ago. Now it seems like the, you go from winter to summer. You don't have spring hardly much anymore. You don't hardly have a fall. It just goes from one to the other. And then it, most of you winter, most of my duck hunting, I hunt in a long sleeve, real thin shirt. And probably six or eight, ten days out of the year, you'll have to have a coat on or jacket or something like that. But. It just don't get it cold like it used to. Uh, duck hunting and the decoys and stuff has changed so much. It ain't even back when I was a kid. We'd use a lot of milk jugs, just paint them black, or two liter Coke bottles, paint them black. Now you got a dozen decoys around $200, $220 a dozen. You got robo ducks. Now we got, I think this year I had a 38 mojos. Uh, got quick cores, these new quick cores things, motion decoys, which is five decoys on a machine, and it's got a prop on it that looks like five duck swimming. I had four or five of them out. Them quick cores is the neatest thing since cornbread. If you got a spread out there, it makes it come alive. Have you I got out 1,600 decoys, gone over 300. Have you seen it change uh, pressure-wise? bunch more people out there a lot uh used to through the week down here on the whole lake it'd be 50 60 blinds hunt through the week be about it now you got 150 140 50 60 blinds hunting every day is that the pressure ain't tremendous is that like a draw system out there or is it 
first come first serve or how does that work a lot of blinds on realford are private okay you had one back in yonder years you got one now if you didn't you don't and they do have 70 something that's a state draw for wherever year okay so i suppose you guys probably got private ones from back in the day oh yeah we got some private blinds like man it'll shoot 15 hunters got a 20 by 20 kitchen behind it that go through the door and you're back in there in the kitchen got a bar type thing running down the middle and griddles and cook stove and fish cookers back there and everything <laughs> so is it warm enough when the uh, ducks aren't coming in you guys are out fishing out the front of the blind too we can do that. A lot of them take yo-yos and hang off of the boat shed and catch them some fish and clean them and eat them out there. <laughs> That'd be fun. Couldn't do that around here. You'd only be oh, catching we... a pike out of a slough if you wanted to do that. <laughs> yeah, a little different up your way. <laughs> a little bit. So when that uh, the whole deal went down on Real Foot, was it two years ago now where those two kids got shot was that something that spread around pretty quick like did you guys know right away and everyone you know oh yeah the men everybody on the lake knew it. so then I mean, it spread like wildfire about that that so, was a bad deal all the way around yeah it was was that uh something you got involved in at all because they had people out looking for him and all that other stuff uh mostly the law enforcement took care of most of it and the game wards and that kind of stuff but, uh, no, I never did go up there and get involved in it. Didn't want nothing to do with it. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I just didn't know if they, you know, when they were looking, if they had uh, asked for a little bit of help from, you know, people that know the area. No, they had, they had enough of them boys around there that knowed it pretty good with the federal and the state wardens and the law enforcement and all that. They they pretty good. Yeah. So after that, did anything change at all around there? Like, did they... No. Didn't change no laws or anything like that. It's all still the same. It just something happened there, and don't nobody really know what happened. And ain't but one person that lived through it that does know. And yeah, good or bad, he'll have to live with it forever. Yeah, sad stuff. Yep, yep, bad deal. So you said you also do some deer hunting too. Oh yeah. How's that down there? Man, we got some real good deer and got some good books i mean i didn't kill one last year i passed up several good ones a couple of them that i wished i would have shot that i didn't but i was after one old deer and he a little smarter than i was i guess <laughs> some old ones always seem to be like that yeah they don't get that big by being stupid are you uh, archery or rifle or what do you use i hunt both loader and rifle Okay, you guys can do all three. Are they all separated seasons, or are they all kind of mushed together? Well, they got separate seasons, but during rifle season, you can hunt with any of it. Okay. Is that the uh, or majority of the people down there? They doing them all, or is it an influx of more, or what? A lot of people won't even bow hunt or muzzle. A lot of them rifle hunt for the first two or three days, and then they done for the year. Yeah. Is there a... Uh, much public land around you guys or a lot of it private? We've got a lot of public land. Okay. So is they it a... tend, they thrive for public land. There's like up in here where I live, there's a bunch of watersheds between here and the lake. Uh probably thirty plus watersheds and they 
buy all the land to wrap it. And most of these watersheds would be 40 acres, and they'll have another 100 acres around them that's uh, public hunting. Okay. So it's real it, good deer and turkey. Does it uh, get pretty full? Like, do you get a lot of pressure there, or is it pretty thin? Uh, not, it really don't. Good. Well, hopefully, your secret don't get out now. Yeah. It'll. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, Tennessee for public hunting. They've got all kind of hunting. Now, your uh, turkey season, is that coming up pretty quick, or did you guys already open? It starts April the 15th ish. Okay, that's about when ours is too. You're already geared up and got the calls out squawking on them already? Yeah, got it sitting right here for seven. <laughs> you, uh, how many tags do you guys get down there? Uh, we'll start April the 15th and go to May the 18th, I believe it is. But uh, how many tags do you guys get? Oh, how many turkey? Two now. You get two? Last year we could kill four. Oh, so they back two weeks off the season. Oh, were they want to try that one year. Yeah, were, were they saying the numbers were dropping too quick or something? Hey, the numbers have dropped some due to they talking like a lot of it's got to do with the uh, strutting decoys. Don't mind about killing the mature turkey that used to not get killed or getting killed in the breeding, the main breeders. So they want to cut back for a year or two and see how that works. Hmm. What do you think on it? Man, I think it's a lot of turkey getting killed with that strut decoy that didn't get killed. It made a lot of people go to turkey hunting that wasn't turkey hunting. To me, that strutting turkey decoy is just like when the mojo come out of robo duck for the ducks. A lot of people that couldn't kill ducks killed ducks. Same way with a strutter on these turkeys. That makes sense. Get strutters in, make them move, and all. Some of them got a fan that opens and closes, and it changes turkey on a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. Went from uh, a plastic, crappy-looking decoy to something with real feathers that moves around and stuff. I mean, that's a big change in a short time. Yes, it would. A big, big change, and it made a lot of difference. I'm sure. It Got a lot of turkey killed that wouldn't have got killed in the last five years. Yeah. So, do you go anywhere else chasing around? Do you go to any other states? I go to Kentucky, not. You do? Is that yearly thing? You go Kentucky and Tennessee? Yes, sir. I've got a good friend up there. He's got about seven, eight hundred acres that's covered up with him, so I go hunt with him. Is there uh, anywhere that you want to go chasing around that you haven't yet? <clears throat> One day, may go out to Nebraska and hunt them one day. A buddy of mine goes out there, the same guy I go to Kentucky with. They go out there and hunt. And I may go with them one year just to experience that one time. Not something that you're too raring and railing to go right now, though, huh? Oh, no. Fun enough with the there, ones you got? Texas be a fun hunt on them turkey just to hear that many gobble. Give me some turkey advice. Give me some tips. I'm brand new to it, and uh, I know a lot of the listeners are too. So what's some good advice from someone that's been doing it for a while? The main thing on turkey hunt is patience. And when you think you've sat long enough, you sit there that much longer. 
a lot of people's mistaken, and I guarantee you, Hunter, I've done it. Everybody turkey hunt. If you ain't done it, you gonna do. It. I don't know how many times I've seen that tree after having one guy coming and sit there for an hour or so, and he ain't coming. Stand up and there, he just look at it. Here, let me uh, let me call you back just on a regular call. You're kind of breaking up on this FaceTime. Okay, buddy. So, what were you saying on patience again? It was kind of breaking up. But you said sit there, and then once you think you sat long enough, sit there that much longer again. Yes, sir. I mean, I've seen a lot of people that just start turkey hunting. They'll get up and leave too soon. I take a lot of kids turkey hunting because I like seeing them kill, catch, or anything. And I one last year. We I took him the last two years. Year before we killed had four run up in there as soon as it broke daylight. He missed two of them. They all four of them run off, and he was ready to go. I said, "Son, we got a city. It'll be another turkey cross here." Hour and a half later, two gobblers come out. One of them run right up the decoy and he killed it. I said, "Now see there, you've got to stay here to kill one." Last year we get the blind. Three old gobblers come out with 15 hens, and they strut all over that field. And a little old no out in the middle of the field, they get behind it where you couldn't see them. He's ready to go. I said, you got to stay here. I said, we well, got to stay here to kill one. Well, the turkeys quit gobbling. Everything got quiet. About an hour and a half goes by. And, I mean, he's coming at the bit to go. Well, I get out of the drag that box call out, and here's a real loud one gobbles about 100 yards from us. I said, now, you get your gun ready for that turkey coming. I get my mouth call out and call a little bit. And I look coming down, sliding down the edge of the field. And here you come, wide open towards them deagles. Runs up in there and little fella goes boom at 20 yards, kills him. Well, it ain't only kids, but there's a lot of grown men does the same thing. Makes the same mistake. I can see that. That's the biggest thing that, uh, so far, people I've talked to about it that are trying to give me advice is the patience and not overcalling. They said is the biggest thing. Oh. They said, everyone, once you get that call and you get out there the first time and you make one gobble back, it's kind of like addicting. You just want to keep on doing it. And then that don't sound natural yep. and you're not going to have nothing happen but disappointment. Exactly right. When that sucker gobbles at you, you get your gut up and get ready. <laughs> it may take him 30 seconds to get there. It may take him two hours, but he knows exactly what tree you said, man. Now look at that turkey hunting like a stranger walking in my house and hollered my name. When he hollers, I know where he's at in this house. That turkey's the same way. Yeah. Yeah, the one guy was telling me that he had saw a study or something where a turkey can pinpoint you from like a quarter mile away within like 25 yards. They're that, yes, sir. They're that good. Yep. That's a fact. That's crazy to think about since they got the brain the size of a peanut. Yeah. And at times you think that oh, they ain't got a brain that much. At times you think they got a brain big as an 18-wheeler truck. <laughs> we'll see. Hopefully they don't screw me over too much when I get out here and get started. I'm telling you, it's days that you think it's the easiest thing it is to kill, and it's days it's the hardest thing to kill. And it's, don't get disappointed at it. Stay in it and stay after them. I mean, that's, like I said, patience is the number one thing, turkey. Well, and I'm really handicapping myself because I'm wanting to go out and 
take out my longbow to shoot one. So we'll see how bad I'm really screwing myself over. Yep, I've killed about a half a dozen with my bow, and it 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 was a challenge. Yeah. Well, if anything in life was easy, it wouldn't be worth doing. That's what they say. That's that. That's what makes it all fun. So is there any uh, types of hunting or fishing you haven't done yet that you're itching to go out and try at some point? Not really. About everything I want to do, I'm pretty well done. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of fun. I've lived a pretty good life fishing and hunting every day. Yeah. Yeah, because you got full-time, they were saying, right? Yes, sir. I've been doing it for 40 years. How'd you get started in it? I got started working down on a boat dock there, and, and I fished every day. On days I didn't work or help him on that boat dock, I was fishing. And I come in one day, and there's a guy sitting there, and I had a cooler full of fish, and he said, can you take me fishing tomorrow? I said, well, yeah, I ain't doing nothing. Well, I just thought we were going fishing. We get in, he paid me, and I said, hey, it's a good way to start making a living right here. He's going to pay me take him fishing. I'll start doing this. So it just went from there. Every now and then, somebody'd pay me to take them, and it just escalated from there. The more you went, the better you got. The more fish you brought in, the more people wanted to go. That's cool. So, did you uh, did you always have a boat like when you started that, or where where was the point where you decided you had to break down and get one? Yeah, I just had an old started out in what they call an old real foot stump jumper, a little old canoe looking boat with a. Bigger strap motor on the inside, little bitty prop going out the back. That's what I started out in, old old lake boat. And then bought my first outboard with a six-horse motor on it. It's a 14-foot boat with a six-horse. Started fishing out of it, and then went a little bigger, and then a little bigger, and now I've got 22-footer. Man, it's quite a jump from uh, stump jumper, you called it, to uh, 22-footer. Oh, yeah, it was. That stump jumper, you couldn't hardly, you might stand up a little bit to stretch your leg, but it wasn't no walking around once you got in it. It's just like, looks just like a canoe. You sit there and one or two people sat in front of you and that was it. Was that homemade or did they sell them? Do what now? Were those homemade or did, was that like a company would sell them? Uh, Dale Calhoun made them. He's the last person to make them down here around this lake. It's pretty neat looking boat. You need to Google a Dale Calhoun Lake boat. Okay. And look at it. I mean, it was a pretty neat boat. He had the backers oars on it where you pulled to go forward. and That's what all of us used to fish out of. So is it like an aluminum one? Oh, it's made out of cypress wood. So it's like a P-Row almost. Yeah, just about like a P-Row, but it had a little old man. had an eight-horse brick and a strap motor inside of it. Oh, there, I'm looking at it. Yeah, that's real cool. Pretty neat-looking boat, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> Do you still have it laying around? No, Lord, no. I think I was glad to get rid of it. It didn't have no room in it, which back then I was a little bitty fella. And we've got some around the resort there that we got on trailer out front for everybody to look at. Kind of as a history piece? Oh, yeah. You've done a lot of things, cover a lot of things. What's your, uh, hunting-wise, what would be your favorite if you only had to pick one between your turkeys, duck, and deer? 
probably duck hunting. I like duck hunting more than anything. What's I like all of it, but duck hunting my favorite. What's your favorite? You a mallard guy or widgeon, or what do you like? Man, it don't matter to me as long as it's got feathers. <laughs> feathers and meat. But I like it because it's fun. You can get the blind with six or eight, ten guys and cut up and aggravate and have fun and eat good and just a big old time out there. Yeah, that's the thing about it, too, that once I started doing it, that really drew me in is, you know, deer hunting's kind of solitary, be quiet type of thing, and duck hunting with your buddies, bullshitting, messing around, and then ducks come in, everybody gets excited for a minute, shoot some guns, then you go back to bullshitting with each other. That's exactly right. Huh. That's what I like about it. So, for anybody uh, who's looking to kind of do, you know, like what you do, start guiding for fishing and stuff. How would you say they get their foot in the door nowadays, instead of just sitting on the dock and getting lucky? Getting experience doing it. I mean, fish. If that's what you want to do, make it known that you're good at it. Just go fishing, and now it'd be a whole lot easier than when I done it. So you got social media now. All you do is go fishing, take pictures of it, and throw it on there. Back in, the only thing you had back in was word of mouth. So do you ever do some type of advertising at all? Uh, I do not. I leave that to the resort. The resort does that. But did you at all when you started out, or was it all just word of mouth? Just word of mouth. Man, you must have been good to get that many words going. Hell, I'll say this. I liked it. I caught a bunch of fish. (laughs) Was it the same thing back then? Crappie and bluegill were the big ones? Oh, yeah. Do you uh, get north at all and do any ice fishing ever? You got no interest in that? I have been. I went ice fishing my first time last year in Indiana. What'd you think of it? I really enjoyed it. The old boy had a little hut set up with a heater in it. and Me, if I got heat, I'm good. <laughs> I can do anything as long as I Yeah. Well, when it's cold outside, there's not much else to do. Sitting in a warm hut, drinking some beer and catching fish. About as fun as anything. That's, a, that's right. What were you guys catching up there? Uh, we caught bluegill and a few crappie, but a lot, a ton of bluegill. Do you guys do any, I guess, is there ever any uh, walleye in real foot? Do you ever deal with them at all? No, real foot's a real shallow lake created by an earthquake in 1812. It's just an old hunting and fishing lake. No water skiing, no pleasure boating like that. Just strictly hunting and fishing on it. Okay. And it's got a lot of, it's shallow, got large mouth, no small mouth. A uh, heck of a bass fishery. I mean, it's there for a few years. I wasn't even bluegill and crappie fish. All I fished for was bass just all year long. And got to fishing them tournaments on the lake and winning all of them. And got to fish with, I guess, all my icons this past fishing that I watched on TV, like Bill Dance, uh, Denny Breyer, Kevin Van Dam, Larry Nixon, Mark Davis. All of them boys. I fished with all them. Jimmy Houston. Uh, Who's your favorite boy, to fish with? Think. Lord, all of them. Bill Dance, he's a hoot now. We made several TV shows out on the lake. I've asked him with that. I was a guy showing him what a fish he is. And 
he's he's a character now. Was he that character in real life that he was on TV? And was he actually falling in the water every other episode? What you see is what you get. <laughs> Did you watch him take a swim? I watched him fall halfway out of the boat one day. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't watch much fishing shows in my house. We were mostly a hunting household, but when Bill Dance was on, it was always it was always fun watching it. He was a hoot. Yep, he is. I mean, he's eighty two years old and still making fishing shows. Yeah. He <laughs> doing good. Man, I'll have to go back and see if I can't see you in some old videos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can Google up my name, last name B-L-A-K-L-E-Y, and you, you can pull up a bunch of them fishing shows on the lake to hunt and do. I'll have to do that for sure. Um, I guess you got to fish with all your icons there. Is there, uh, what's one person you wish you could uh, share a blind or uh, go fishing with? One time, past or present? Uh, oh Lord, I don't know. If been blinding. fishing. I fished with everybody that I ever wanted to fish with. Some I never thought I'd get talked to. Hunting would be hell. I even shared a blind with Ray I, the best turkey hunter in the world this year. He come hunting with me. Uh. Lord, I can't think of a show right now. Well, that's all right. It's kind of a tough one to get put on the spot with. It is, but that there, I've, I've been with everybody, about everybody ever, ever wanted to be with, I guess. <laughs> now, with all these fish you catch, what's the best eating one? To me, you can't beat them bluegill. All right, what's the best way to cook a bluegill for us northern people? And I fillet them bluegills, wash them off, let them soak in salt water a little bit, rinse them off good, and, and get that Andy's, I use Andy's fish bread, just dip them in it and throw them in the grease. We used Fry Magic, I think is what Grandma always had, and she'd do, a, whenever we had bluegill and perch and all that stuff, um, half the batch would just be, uh, like she had soaked them in salt water and milk, and salt water and then milk and then dip them in that fry magic and fry them and the other half she would uh have coated in hot sauce and then dip them in that fry magic and throw them in the grease so us kids would eat the uh not spicy version the adults always had the spicy version yep yep you do any uh frog gigging or is that a thing over by you uh we i used to do it when i was younger i don't do it anymore i just let them kids go and They'll bring me a mess every now and then. So how are you eating those? Man, I just fry them just like fish. Same way? Them in that Andy's. Now, I will grill some. I like them grilled, too. No, we don't have, I guess we do every now and again, but we don't have them great big bullfrogs, so I haven't eaten them. What are they tasting like? And to me, they're, a lot of people say they taste like chicken, but to me, they don't taste that like a chicken. They better than chicken ever thought about being. <laughs> Is it just the rear legs, or do you do the whole frog, or how how do you cut them up? Yeah, I just use the back legs. Okay. I'll have to see if I can't get some one of these days. Every now and again, you'll be going along a stream, and you'll see some great big ones, but 
Yeah, I've never done it. But I've told that they're good. Oh, they are. They're very good. One of my favorites. You guys a crawfish area, too? Uh, we got a few of them around here. Yeah, I'll get pretty regular in the backwater when the river gets out over there. When the Mississippi gets out in that backwater, a bunch of these boys go over there and catch them. We'll fry them or cook them up. Boil so you do a big crawfish feed then? Yeah, we're doing one this Saturday down here in my shop. That's something I miss. I've only done it a handful of times when we've been farther south, but uh, I miss that. It's sure good. Sure yeah, that, real good. That, that's a good deal right there, the crawfish. Dump them all out on the table and everybody goes nuts on them. Yep. Do you got any uh, cool or crazy stories from all these years? I mean, hunting, fishing, anything? Oh, yeah. Back when I first got started, this when I was still in high school, this is one of my favorites. I remember this and that were all of them. I get out there, pick up this guy, this old guy down there on the dock, wanting to know if I could take somebody bass fishing in the morning. I said, yeah, how many of them is it? He just said, one guy. He said, he'll meet you here at 7 o'clock in the morning. I said, well, I'll be here. Pull up my boat introduce myself to this old guy and he gets in the boat we get out there fishing this is like on a tuesday or wednesday supposed to be in school but if i could make a dollar i made it so we're fishing along catch two or three bass he does we get to talking a little bit ticking these off so everybody relaxed down talking and he has something said well how old are you and i tell him i'm 16 years old well, ain't you supposed to be in school today? I said, yes, sir. How old are you? He told me how old he is. I said, ain't you supposed to be at work today? He said, yeah, but I took a day's vacation. I said, well, that's what I did. <laughs> and they went up to there a little bit. They get to talking, tells me his name and everything, which to me still wasn't nothing. And I get to asking him what he does for a living. He said, I'm a superintendent over Oban County Schools. I said, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> He said, I'm going to come up there to sit and make sure you in your class in the morning. I said, yes, sir, I will be there. <laughs> he showed up. He showed up. Opened the door. Hollered my name. I raised my hand. <laughs> he said, I'm glad you're here. Yes, sir. You too. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. What are the odds of that? I played hooky. Sitting it over school fishing. <laughs> So who else have you run into out there? Any uh, big names, famous people at all? Oh, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. They made a movie down here, him and Wesley Stack, at U.S. Marshals. Yeah. They made they made a movie out on Lake. So you ran into them while they were out there? Oh, yeah. Did it take them fishing? Jackie took Tommy Lee, my buddy that we fished together all the time. He took Tommy Lee fishing. I had to be uh, out of town the next day, so he had to take it. But they got a bunch of boats from us and you doing that movie and everything. Man, he's running to everybody then, huh? Oh, yeah. You see a lot of people, football players, baseball players, Chad Clifton, I him tied out and duck hunting uh oh shoot we had one baseball player 
old baseball player. You stay there at the motel. I met him down there. Oh, she, Johnny, was it Johnny Bink? Yeah, Johnny Bink. Met him there. I mean, you not run into anybody. Met a bunch of country music singers. Met them down there. The real foot's a pretty popular place. It's a lot of people get to come down to it. Yeah. And it's a neat place. Everybody owes it to themselves to see it one time. Well, maybe one of these days I'll head over east and check her out. Well, just come on any time. All you got to do is call me. <laughs> After doing this show here just for a little bit, I've got more invites to go east than I thought I ever would. So one of these days I'm just going to have to take a summer off and do a great big tour of Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Alabama, Texas, all of them. Oh, yeah. Yep. You need to do this. It's a little different over this way. Yeah. Guess just bring all my fish and stuff and, yeah, just make a big, big sweep of the area. That's right. Real foot's kind of like stepping back in time. Everybody's pretty laid back. No hurry or anything. Pretty good place to be. Yeah. I think everybody needs that every now and again. Oh, yeah. So I guess if you could, uh, you already gave a little bit of advice for uh, people wanting to get into the guiding, but if you could give some advice just in the outdoors or life in general, what would you give to the young people coming up? Something you wish you knew. Man, don't take any day for granted. Tomorrow is not promised. Make sure you live life the way you want to live. Good advice. If, uh, People want to go fishing out on real foot and want to get a hold of you. How do they uh, get themselves set up? Man, they can call us there at the resort, 877 Blue Bank. Check us out on Facebook, Blue Bank Resort, or we got a website. Just point in bluebankresort.com. Okay. Well, cool. Well, thanks for uh, coming on. I guess before we sign off, is there uh, anything else, any stories or. Any more words of wisdom you want to give? Man, that's about all I can think of. Again, thanks for coming on. And when I make my big big trip east and check out the area, I'll be sure I uh, give you a message. Well, you just holler anytime. You can go duck hunting, fishing, whatever you want to do. Okay, I'll keep it in mind. Well, we'll talk Please. to you later, and you, uh, you have a good rest of your night. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, bye.